Hi there, and welcome to Fantasy Focus Baseball. It's a beautiful Monday evening, September 14, 2020, but you're not listening on Monday because we don't let you until Tuesday. He is Tristan H. Cockcroft, singer of song, winner of myriad fantasy leagues. Kyle Soppy researches and produces as if baseball really was his favorite sport. And I'm Eric Carabell, still trying to avoid that alternate site, but it's probably inevitable. Tristan, how are you today? Only two weeks left of the season. I'm sure you're ready to win 15 leagues. Oh, I wish I could say that was true. What a weird, you know, what's, this is the wild part about if any, and I bet everybody's gone through this in one of their fantasy leagues. If you look at your standings, there's a great chance that one day you're right in the thick of the race. And the next day you're kind of like, oh, my season is over. And tomorrow you'll be back in contention. That's just 2020 for you. Yeah. I mean, essentially it's it's basically like mid-May in a normal season for standings. So I, I, I actually have an important league of mine in which I'm in first place, but I won't be tomorrow. So it's like, it's like it, I, I can't get too into it. And I guess the last weekend of the season will be interesting because I assume I'll still be contending. This is NL Labor, but I know I'll lose. I always yeah, find no, a way to finish second. He's not being pessimistic either. He's genuine. Looking at those standings, what was it? Something like eight points separated first and sixth? Yeah, yeah. And it's like... Oh. And and in the stolen base category, I think literally eight teams are within two steals of each other. So, and I have, I think my leading stolen base guy is JT Real Muto, and he might be done for the season. So I don't know. I you know I don't I can't make any more roster moves. And then another one of my leagues tout people are trading. So I, I don't understand. It's a, a crazy season. Yeah, you still can trade there. So anyway, past, oh, that's right. Labors was last week. Labors was, but not Tal. Oh. And you know, whatever. I, I football. Anyway, let's get to it. So on today's show, since there's only two weeks left of this irregular season, we're going to try to help those still in contention while also looking ahead to 2021. So the first half of the show, let's take a look at players that can still help people down the stretch, Tristan. And uh, we'll start taking a look at the player raider here and see who's been hot and who is not of late. And these are players that I think you can still get. Like, you don't need us to tell you that Freddie Freeman's great. He's the number one player on the Raider over the last 15. But Adam Duvall is still available in quite a few leagues. And he has a couple three home run games. And the power's legit. Always was. So, let me ask you this. The most added outfielders right now are, um, as of the time we're taping this, Adam Duvall, Ryan Mountcastle, DJ Stewart, Victor Reyes, Randy Arozarena. who would you like the most out of that crew? Yeah, and what I'm trying to do is cobble together a projected strength of schedule for that period of time. Um, I, I kind of go to Duvall. Duvall's performance lately has been just frankly absurd. <laughs> I mean, it was, what, 10 home runs over a 16-game span. Almost all of his hits are home runs. He's got the two, three home run games. And the other thing, too, to, to point out is the Braves' remaining schedule are three games at Baltimore, three at the Mets, four back home against Miami, and then three at home against Boston. I, I mean, you're not going to be able to ask for a much better schedule for hitters than what the Atlanta Braves have coming up. Fair enough. I'll just say this about DJ Stewart, who has six home runs in 18 games, um, a line that's strange to- now, re- uh, uh, a couple days ago, he was hitting under 200, but had an on-base well over 400 and was slugging 700. So very strange. Basically, when he hits the ball, it goes out of the park, but he doesn't hit the ball that much. He does take walks. I'm interested to see what DJ Stewart does. 
um, mm-hmm. for the final two weeks. They still have a Boston series as well. And look, Boston's pitching is just terrific, right? That's that's why we say that. Um, Baltimore's got the f- uh, five against Tampa, three in Boston, you're correct, and then three in Toronto in the homer-friendly uh, Salem Field. Right. So so I, I think Baltimore, Mountcastle, and DJ Stewart are kind of interesting there. The guys look at it. Rosarena is playing. He's interesting as well. Uh, those are just the outfielders on the most added list. Let's look at some of the corner infielders now and see – What's happening there? So Heimer Candelario is still hitting um, for power and and batting average, though, is is Babbitt last I looked was near 400. I personally would rather have Bobby Dahlbeck than Candelario. But then I noticed Alec Boehm is still available in 70% of leagues. Uh, Jared Walsh homered five times in the past week. Ty France is a legit hitter, not just against lefties. There's a lot of corner infielders I like for these final two weeks. Do any of those names uh, jump out? Now, Alec Boehm hit third for the Phillies on Monday night in that uh, game against Miami because they're missing Real Moto and Hoskins, and they might be for the rest of the year. Alec Boehm's good. I would take Alec Boehm over all these guys, but uh, what do you say? Yeah, I think I probably would too. The Phillies do have the two extra games. Granted, they have a day off remaining on their schedule, but uh, they're also going to play Tampa, which is their tough series in Tampa in the final weekend at a time where the Rays are probably going to be lining up for the playoffs. So the overall hitting schedule for the Phillies is pretty decent. Um, in exchange for the, the Seattle one you mentioned, I, I'd love to give you the Ty France endorsement here. And I have picked him up, and I do think he's worth adding even in mixed leagues. Schedule's not great for him. He's going to have some Houston games. We'll have to see which pitchers fall into that. He's got the Padres as a home series for that, and Seattle's got that pitching friendly leaning to it at the ballpark. And then four games in Oakland to finish the year. Now, Oakland could also be gearing up for the playoffs, but that's another pitching friendly ballpark i don't think the Fran- ty francis numbers are going to be elite i think he's going to have that high floor for you right and we should know ty france is not a guy winning a batting title his babbitt right now is over 400 but if I, if seattle or another team were to give ty france say 500 plate appearances next year i could see 25 homers and 260 and that would be worth having in leagues right yep and, and you know, eligibility yeah i mean there there's something there i think uh, and i think that is uh, you know, it's an optimistic outlook for 2021, but I do think he has that natural ability. The scouts did grade him as mid-20s power, and a lot of times those guys, if they make one adjustment to the launch angle, they can get up to 30. So I do think he's he, he, he might go to what you said last time where he's playing himself out of sleeper status, but I think he's ultimately going to remain in it for 2021. Um, okay, so uh, speaking of uh, corner infielders, the A's uh, lost Matt Chapman. To uh, he's having hip surgery, and I wrote about it on Monday and said this might cut into his 2021. And said I thought he'd be at best a 12th round pick, which might be might sound pessimistic, but it is really not a, like a, a versatile fantasy option. Doesn't hit for average, doesn't steal bases, and probably won't bat second early on next year. He might miss April too. So I want your thoughts on Matt Chapman and also his replacements. I think Vimal Machine is going to be the third baseman, uh, a decent defender has on-base skills. They just signed Jake Lamb, who Arizona dumped, but I can't see Jake Lamb mattering in fantasy these final two weeks. Maybe Matt Matching won't either, but your thoughts on Chapman? Obviously drop him right now. Yeah, and I mean, that's that's just a shame there because he's one of the more complete players in baseball. Does it all on defense, on offense, hits for power in a ballpark that wouldn't traditionally be thought that way. Uh, I still would stick behind him in any sort of long-term format. If you have him priced at, you know, <laughs> if you have him priced at what he he would traditionally cost in, uh, in in any of your drafts this year, then I would probably move on either for 2021 because I think you're right. He might, 
uh, either have a delayed start to next year or not play at peak performance at the beginning of next season. That does concern me a little bit. I don't, I don't think there's a lot there from, you know, the replacements. I, I mean, yeah, like I said, Lamb, I mean, that the best case scenario for a guy like Lamb is they play him against a couple of weak righties, and maybe you could use him in a daily league, but nah. Matt Chapman or Josh Donaldson in 2021? I, I lean towards, yes, they'll both be in my top 100. You can hear the hesitation coming from my voice on this one. Uh, today, I would probably prefer Chapman. I, I think there's a good chance news is going to shift that during the offseason, and it might shift them both out of the top 100 ultimately. So you're over. So I'm. I'm probably overreacting, taking Chapman out of my top hundred. I don't know what. I think you're raising a really valid point. It's. It's abs- it, There's. A, there's a possibility they don't belong. But right now, don't you believe in those guys? As long as they have, a, you know, as long as the health reports during the offseason are reasonably positive. I do, except power hitters that don't contribute in batting average and stolen bases. I feel like I can get guys like that later in the draft. So in the first okay. hundred, I think yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna in look Chap- to- Yeah, go ahead. In in Chapman's case, the fact that he is so integral to that team defensively, it it, it ramps up the volume. I always want a player like that. I'm always gonna take the Matt Chapman over over the I mean, I know he's terrible this year, but Chris Davis, you know, a designated hitter, questionable defensive type of player. I'm always gonna take Chapman with a good glove. Okay, fair enough. Um, all right, let's move on to the because to me, if I can get in the top hundred somebody who can at least steal ten bases and hit two eighty while they're doing it, I'm, I'm going to lean towards that. But I'm trying to think of a good comp there, and I nothing jumps out to me. Obviously, nothing a corner infield, but like as a middle infielder, a guy who all right, Catel uh, Marte is going to be in the top hundred, um, even though he didn't hit for that's, any power. That's is a that good f- debate. Where is Catel Marte next year? See, now he hit only two home runs. He's out for the rest of the year, too, probably. Um, are, now, are you worried about his power, or was that just a, a small sample? Like, to me, Cattel Marte, because he can still do a five-category thing, would be in my top 100, but Matt Chapman would not. And then they both were compromised this season by injuries. And Chapman probably was hurt for a lot longer than the past 10 days. I mean, look at his numbers. I mean, the, the K-rate exploded. He didn't walk anymore, didn't hit anything hard. He, he'd been hurt for a month, probably. So oh, I'd agree. Would, mm-hmm. I would take Marte over Chapman next year, but it sounds like you might not. I probably would also take Marte over Chapman, but Marte is another player who, based on where we're at today, could swing in terms of value a wide, wide range in the ranking scale. I, I would probably say Marte is still roughly a top 50 overall player. I'm going to forgive him and go with the small sample. Oh, I don't have Excuse him in my top 50. He's probably going to be like 75 to 90 for me, but okay. It's fair. yeah. I mean, I'm I'm throwing a I'm throwing a quick number at you. It's uh, 41 to 80 right now is really fluid to me. All right, and let's look at middle infielders um, on the most added list. Uh, Tommy Lestella, who you really ought to have on your team. France can play there. Dylan Moore is a base stealer. Andres Jimenez of the Mets, who's really not a very good hitter, but he can steal a base, and they seem to be playing. Ahmed Rosario needs a new team next year because they're just not using him at all now they're um, talking about them in the new york papers too that's widely speculated and gavin lux who's had a couple decent games but still regular playing time seems to be in short supply when it comes to middle infield tristan who jumps out to you as being a good pickup right now because other than la who should be rostered in the leagues that matter 
I don't see much else. Like Andres Jimenez of the Mets, you know, no, he's a he's not. Chris Taylor of the Dodgers, Gavin Lux of the Dodgers. Do you see anybody there that matters to you for these final two weeks? Not, not. I mean, Lux is interesting to me. I mean, they've got you know those cores games coming up, so at least there's that. But and they would play mm-hmm. him after they clinch the division. That's a guy they would run out Probably. there every day. Probably, yeah. Yeah. And sit Justin Turner and Bellinger and their, you know, and Mookie for the playoffs. That's the other problem here is that the the standings do matter in that in the final week of the season, some of these teams may not really be playing their best options or even using their pitchers. But like teams that are fighting for something, and they're all in the National League now. Phillies, Marlins, Reds, um, you know, these team Rockies, these teams can still make the play playoffs in the final weekend of the season so that's good for forcing their players to play but tampa the dodgers the cubs even the yankees don't care they're in the playoffs they don't care what seed they are that's obvious what we didn't get into is the most loaded schedule and that's where i'm going to go for the middle infielders here i'm going to mention the cardinals which they have to make up a ton of games they're probably exhausted they're still playing their regulars which i find remarkable how much they're leaning on their regulars yadier molina had played 90 percent of the games since they came back from the the uh, from when he since he came back from the injured list but they have uh 18 total games <laughs> remaining over the final two weeks they're going to play in milwaukee a great hitters park they've got the pirates coming up that's weak pitching the royals weak pitching facing the brewers the final weekend brad miller's obvious you should be starting everywhere how about colton wong colton wong actually has been okay recently and they're playing him a lot yeah and he can steal a base so that's a good thing um what else here all right so starting pitchers i guess that that leads us into the schedule here ever so briefly um starting with tuesday's games and we're trying to look for some pitchers that are available in a lot of leagues. And um, I guess Sandy Alcantara might be available in a lot of leagues. And he's facing Boston, two-star guy this week. So um, I don't see – Joe Musgrove might be available in your league. He's at Cincinnati. That's something to look at. I would not pick up Annabelle Sanchez at Tampa, and that team's in the, in the dumper. Um, and they're gonna The forecaster formula disagrees with you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. Like Tampa Bay is good and yeah. they hit and Washington doesn't win. They don't score. So, and at some point soon, they're going to just basically sit Soto and Eaton because they don't care. Yeah. So I'll point this out. This is less me than it is just the forecaster projections. And it's Tampa and it's Miami, which are two of the most extreme pitchers parks in baseball. He actually pitched pretty decently against both of these teams back at home over the past two weeks. So the forecaster kind of likes them. I, I think it's it's bold. It's risky. But if you're really desperate for volume, why not? Look, if you're desperate for volume, I mean, I had a shot on Monday to activate Mitch Keller from a, in a league where I'm kind of in the middle of the standings and there's ERA and WHIP, you know, problems. And I decided not to actually activate Keller there. And I just went with a. I went with Seattle's closer instead in that active spot. And I I could have been aggressive. And I thought in this case volume is not good, so I didn't do it. But I mean, certainly anybody facing the Pirates you want, <laughs> so that's a good thing. And you know, I mean, the Pirates this week early this week. I mean, Michael Lorenzen is starting twice this week, but I can't imagine he's going to get to throw five innings or 80 pitches in these games. He's a relief pitcher. So, I mean, I'd I'm rather... Not, 
I'm not yeah. sure what that is with Lorenzen. If it's opener, ramping up the pitch count to start. Because remember, Sonny Gray could be done for the year. Yeah, yeah. He's the, he's the version of Chapman. I, I think Lorenzen could throw 50 pitches, though. He might be able to. They were talking like he's he's more than an opener here, but I'm not sure what direction they're going. I, I don't see how he's going to get to five innings. Keller, the talk is 50 pitches. All right. Also looking later on Tuesday, um, looks like LJ Newsom of Seattle uh, is starting. And uh, I looked at his minor league numbers. I have him in a league, and I'm, I was not impressed. But it's the Giants. Who have been hitting, actually. I mean, we assume that the Giants are, are not a good hitting team, and they shouldn't be. But anyway, I do like Newsom for this outing. Um, really? I don't, well, I mean, I only because it's... I think you're very much underrating the Giants. I probably am. But we know that Yastrzemski, Solano, and Wilmer Flores are not as good as their numbers, too. So, or, or yeah. Brandon Belt. I mean, like, how are these guys doing this? Yeah. Um, they have actually been one of the better offenses this year, which based on the personnel, I find very surprising. But I, yeah, no, I, I, they, I'm not going to go. Runs. I'm not going with Newsom and I'm not going with Marge Vicious there. No, no, I can't. I just can't do it. Um, all right. Well, I mean, I'm not saying I want LJ Newsom. I'm just saying, you know, <laughs> if you need somebody bad, I, I would use LJ Newsom over Michael Lorenzen, which probably is fake yeah. praise. Um, you're yeah. right. I mean, San Francisco, in terms of runs per game, and is number six in baseball. Seven. Yeah. How, how is that happening? Yeah, what? and it's not. It's not like a one week thing. I mean, I, no. I've been writing about this for a couple of weeks in the forecaster. I'm just kind of like, hey, the Giants. You know, they're they're actually a pretty decent offense. So on Wednesday, Josh Fleming at Tampa, who we discussed last week at some point, is at home against Washington against a Washington offense that's not scoring runs. That's kind of in the tank now. And where's Washington and run score? They're kind of middle of the pack right now. But I think they had a couple big games that skewed that a little bit. Aren't they something like 18th or 19th? No, in runs per game, they look like they're about uh, they're above league average. So they're they're like 14th. The same as the Yankees. This is not including Monday's games. But anyway, I mean, Josh Fleming, his minor league numbers also don't impress. But there might for this matchup, I kind of like it. Um, not a strikeout guy. Yeah, I kind of like Fleming, and he's got the ballpark working for him here, but he's not going deep in games. That's actually the biggest issue I have with him. Well, nobody on Tampa. I mean, like Tampa doesn't have to because they have such a great bullpen. Oh, here's a good nobody's point. nobody's going deep in any games anywhere. That's the, that's the worst part. So I wouldn't go anywhere near Cole Hamels, even though he's at Baltimore on Wednesday. And I say even though again, Baltimore is scoring more runs than people realize. They're kind of middle of the pack, same as the Yankees. But you, Cole Hamels can't be throwing 100 pitches in that game. In no, I, no, I can't imagine that he is. But this is, what's, so this is what's weird about Cole Hamels. After that game, he gets Miami at home and Boston at home. Oh. He actually has it lined up pretty well from a matchup standpoint. So if he does impress in this game, despite R saying sit him, don't you have to think about him when Tuesday comes up next week? I, I guess. I mean, it, it depends how many pitches they let out. If it's two innings, then no. And also, what's to say he's going to be effective? That's what I mean. If he does look more effective in this game, maybe he's an active, you know, guy to activate for that final week. 
Caleb Smith is pitching for Arizona at the Angels. Again, that's, that is not a good offense, even with Trout. Um, now, Caleb Smith's a guy we talk about a lot in the past. Has he started? Yeah, he started yeah. once, I think. Or he started three twice. One run. Okay, so he started once for Arizona and three innings, one run. There, there it is. Would you use Caleb Smith in this outing? It's got to be available. I So I, I did in tout partly because I, I had to. My alternative was Ryan Helsley. So we're talking a 12-team NL only. And in those, yes, I'm going to give him the starting endorsement. The problem is it's one start. It might be five innings. And you might be able to find something better. I would try to find a better option, but I'm not scared of him in terms of blowing up your ratios. Um, any interest in Baltimore's Dean Kramer, who faced the Yankees twice and escaped twice with two good outings, right? Yeah, and 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 he looked pretty decent. Uh, but again, middle of the road offense, missing its top home run hitters. So, yeah, I'm I'm torn there. I, I mean, that's that's kind of a coin flip situation and we should get to this i mean alec mills threw a no hitter on sunday and all congrats to him and he's going to be he's already on the most added list but his outing this weekend is against the twins you don't want it you don't want alec mills on your fantasy team this weekend i i, I don't think but you do want him for the final week because then he's scheduled to pitch to pitch at pittsburgh at pittsburgh that's that's a good one that's a good one but i mean can we discuss can you briefly discuss alec mills for us because this is a guy without a strikeout good strikeout rate uh, kind of a journeyman type, uh, was not a high draft pick, and the Cubs are basically just desperate for innings. So I, I don't think this is a guy you really want to count on. He's probably like a, he's a better version than Rob, Randy Dobnak, but it's still not a good strikeout rate at all. So, you know, even against Pittsburgh, he should do well there, but, man, the Twins should eat him up. Yeah. So you're saying it's a better Dobnak or a worse Dobnak? I think he's better, but, uh, you know. I actually I, think Dobnak's a better pitcher. Well, then, that, then that, that tells you all you need to know because we've already dismissed Dobnak as a reasonable option on this show. I don't know. I don't think we – I don't know that we have, though, because in Dobnak's – okay, here – Mills stuff can miss more bats than Dobnak's has. Dobnak's can. It doesn't make him a big strikeout guy, but I think he can miss more bats. He also does not have the control that Dobnak does, and he's not as apt to get ground balls as Dobnak does. So I think Dobnak is less is, – uh, is less – He's, he's lower risk of these two. All right, let's move on to the closers, and you can sing the carousel, and we'll talk about available relief pitchers. All right, let, let's spend time on the closers that are actually available in a lot of leagues. And, and, and some of these numbers are going to be skewed because people's leagues, they're not trying anymore because football started. I mean, Jeremy Jeffress needs to be rostered in more than 44%. Daniel Bard at 26%. These are actual closers. Greg Holland, I think, is the closer for Kansas City. Readily available. Um, they they patterned it that Holland's the guy. We talk about Toronto in every show. We have no more clarity. Although Rafael Dolis seems to be getting all their saves now. But Ken Giles is back and healthy. Um, Tony Watson is the Giants' closer. Johan Ramirez appears to be Seattle's closer. They're all available, people, in ESPN leagues. Richard Rodriguez of Pittsburgh, they don't, they don't win very much. Uh, Brandon Kinsler, the Marlins are in a playoff spot. Although Kinsler did not get their last save. That was Yimi Garcia, the former Dodger gopher baller. So, but as I wrote on Monday, like, stop messing around with these guys. Like, you know, you don't need Johan Ramirez. You're better off taking a good relief pitcher who gets strikeouts like Devin Williams. He can get a win or two. Karinchak, Cleveland, we've been talking about it all season long. I mean, you want these guys. You don't really want a closer like Tony Watson with no strikeout potential and not even getting that many saves at all. 
So yeah. that's my, you know, and it, like Matt Andrees had a pair of saves for the Angels this weekend. You know, maybe he's their close for the final two weeks. How many saves is that? How many strikeouts? Yeah, and also I I, I got to point out that uh, save one was extra innings. So it was an, a, not a natural save chance. And then this one yesterday was, well, two Sunday innings. was two innings. Yeah. So, and, and yeah, two saves could force the manager's hand the next time and put him in a traditional save chance. But are we sure of that? And if you noticed the September ERAs of the Angels, of the three other guys you think of for uh, the ninth inning in LA, do you know their ERAs? I assume they're not good. They are all over 10. Felix Pena, uh, Ty Buttrey, and Hansel Robles, all of them have ERAs over 10. I, I agree with you. I, I, I think Joe Madden's like, if anybody can get out at this point, same with the Phillies. It can't be Brandon Workman anymore. It can't. It has to be Hector Neris. I, I don't even know. I mean, David Phelps. I mean, the, who's left? I guess we, you know, if they have a lead on Monday, maybe something happened. This is after the Phillies game will end on Monday after this show is done taping. So let's move on from the closers. So, I'm, I'm- but I want to ask you, strategically speaking, since we're playing these two weeks, are you finding in your leagues this year that it's easier to piece this position together than it is in, in a usual year? Um, I think you want me to say yes, but I don't... No, I'm curious. I, I, well, I have a few leagues where I have picked up, like, Seattle's closer of the week, <laughs> and I went through the Tampa Bay thing with, you know, Diego Castillo and a couple other pitchers, and... I was frustrated by the Padres when I, I went all in on Drew Pomerantz and then he got hurt. I, I don't know if this is any more unusual than a normal season, though. Do you think it is? I think it is. Now, I might be biased on this one just from the labor experience in that the guy that I bought was Roberto Rasuna, and that was it. Gave me one save, nothing else. Zach Britton gave me eight saves. That was a fortunate situation, granted. But seven different guys have scored a save for me and I'm second in the league in saves this year. And I don't have a closer. Like none of these guys are, I, I mean, you could call Johan Ramirez a closer if you want. You could call Dolisa a closer if you want. I don't think of them as closers. I actually think people are able to put these games together, patch up that category doing these double header things because teams just don't have enough arms to get the games done. And the other is that there's a lot of partnership. Minnesota, I mean, frankly, Minnesota's using three different guys to close games. Well, really two. Trevor May's got two saves. All right. Look, I have a, I have a couple leagues where I relied heavily on Nick Anderson, and what does he have? Three saves. I mean, it just killed me. Mm-hmm. So I have another league where Nick Anderson and 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 Daniel Hudson are the closers, and I'm getting destroyed. Anderson missed time. It, you know, Anderson's K rate is good, but he doesn't have a lot of K's. He doesn't pitch. He never pitches. And he doesn't use him. Yep. So Nick Anderson is not on par with Devin Williams because. He's not pitching enough, even when he's healthy. You know, I got killed by Leclerc. I didn't get Montero in that league. Um, I don't know. I, 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 I'm having a rough save season. I thought Hansel Robles was safe, and he's obviously. Not- I actually, I do not think this is a year where you could, you should have gone fully in on saves. And I mean, how could we have known this in July? But you shouldn't have gone all in on saves. Not only that, we were wrong about leaning on the volume guys. Oh, they have yeah. not helped you. Nope. Nope. Not at all. Um, I mean, I guessed right on Mark Melanson, but I needed more. I needed him on more teams. You know, Oberg never pitched. Anyway, enough of the closers. They just bother me. Uh, let's get to the combo meals, and then we'll look at next season. What uh, What do you got for the combo meal song today? Hey, it's a combo meal. Dee, 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 dee. Combo. 
combo. It's a combo meal, home run plus steal. And I know who got like 90% of these. (laughs) So tell me, so you saw what I wrote on Friday in Friday's blog. And that's not what I was saying a year ago. I mean, you were off Adalberto Mondesi all along. I was in. I thought he could hit 250 with 12 home runs and 50 steals. And maybe he still can because in the last week he's been hitting a home run every day. He's also been striking out in every other at bat. Even while he's hot, he's still striking out half the time. Yeah. So I want to ask you this question. Was, was what I wrote about fair in saying Montesi's not a top 100 guy, even if he steals 50? And has anything changed for you over the past week? Because he has four combo meals in, in, in a week. Yeah. Has that, uh, all right, let's get to that. Has, has anything changed for me? No. All he's done is he's assured that he's still going to get ranked by me. But as far as I'm concerned, unrankable. Okay. He's unrankable. He, he just is. I, whatever you rank, I don't care. Who, everybody out there in the industry, wherever you rank him, it's wrong. It's wrong. <laughs> Okay, so there's no, right there's no there, right answer. He is, he's fun and and just <laughs> frustrating. He's just like this crazy mix of fantasy greatness and sheer aggravation. Well, kind of like well, hosting a show with me. Um, I don't think you're the problem on this show. <laughs> there are problems, but I don't think you're it. <laughs> I don't, I don't uh, want to avoid the alternate site, so I'm going to just. You know. I thought you were fair. I really, I, I did think you were fair about him. It's just, I, I mean, you know, he. he <laughs> Odyssey. All right, the other, uh, the other combo meals. Ronald Acuna, who's great, could be the first first pick next year. We'll get to this, you know, on a show. It's coming up soon, but I think it's pretty wide open, and I am leaning not on. I didn't have Trout this year. I don't think how can you how can you rank still rank Trout over. The t- over Mookie and Acuna and, and Tatis. How can you? He's got one stolen base, Tristan. One stolen base. You can't do it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, <laughs> my philosophy still is you don't want to blow it on the first round pick and you don't blow it with Mike Trout. He might no. be the one. I mean, I agree with you about Tatis. I would much rather. At this point, I'd rather have Tatis. Mookie. Yeah. Mookie's definitely in that conversation. Like, as well. I think Mookie, Acuna, and Tatis all. I'm trying to see where Trout ranks in the player rate of this season. And you're thinking, 13th. oh, he's ninth among hitters. So he's behind Tatis, well behind Tatis, uh, well behind Trey Turner, who's got power now, well behind Mookie. I, I, I'm just, okay. Trout to me is like the fourth or fifth pick. And wow. that sounds crazy. I wouldn't disagree with you more. Trout is a locked in top three. How? How? How is he over Tatis Acuna and Mookie for you? How? 13th. He's amazing. Yeah, but he's behind he's those guys. Player. So? Volatility is going to happen year over year. That's fantasy baseball for you. Mike Trout is consistently in here with the exception of the injury seasons. And you and I talked about that. We, we beat that topic to death this year with the time we had. Outside of that, he has been consistently top 15 year after year. I won't and what argue you won that. in your first but if you can draft a five-category hitter, why would you draft a four-category hitter? Like Because he's amazing in those four categories. Like, thoroughly amazing. Yeah, but he's not better than Tatis or Mookie. This year? Or he's been last better than year Tatis or the year before. He was better than Tatis by a lot last year. Well, one of them at 330 and one of them at 290. 
I mean, I'm I, actually pretty sure that that. Well, I got to look at that. Trout, I bet you his batting average grade in the player rater was comparable, if not better, than Tatis's because he played more. All right. Well, we'll, we'll expand on this on another, on another show. Um, I just It's philosophical about not blowing the first round pick. I don't think you're blowing it with Acuna Mookie or, or Tatis, but I mean, I'm not saying I have. Acuna this year. I don't. You think I blew it with Acuna this year? Yeah. He's 30. What is he, 35th? He was injured. Do you, do you think so? You. Acuna's hitting 267. I assume that's your problem with him. But he has 11 homers and six steals. He's also got a nice so walk rate. Ca- so he's four categories. Now, granted, it's not as bad as Trout having one so stolen base. You're assuming there. he's not going to hit for average anymore. Anymore? He never has. He had 293 and 280 his first two years. Right, again, but we were talking about in, the, in terms of projections and forecasting a team out, we looked at him as a 270-grade hitter. We didn't look at him as that type. Just because he did it two years ago doesn't mean that he's going to consistently do it. He has too high a K rate. The other problem here is that you made the case for Trout this year that you didn't want him because you were worried he would have absences. Acuna's had absences. Um, I think my biggest concern with Trout over six months was absences, not over two months. My biggest concern was the stolen bases. And I was right. He has two two attempts all year. You and, you and everybody out there was saying you were worried about Trout for this year. We were worried about the opt-out, and I saw that. but. Okay, but he's he's been there. He's also okay, but he also he didn't bat three thirty last year. He batted two ninety one. He's batting two ninety six now, and he's not stealing bases at all. So I I don't know, man. I, I if you want to talk about Acuna's batting average being uh, an anchor, okay, I could see two sixty two seventy, but Acuna could go forty forty next season. Trout won't. So, yeah, and 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 I'm not gonna I'm not gonna. Trash Acuna is a non-top, he's probably also a locked-in top three guy, but I don't think this is a slam dunk that Trout belongs six. Uh, find no, no, me the, no. find me the five guys. I have him four. Who, okay, uh, okay so final point on this, and then we'll move on, because this is taking too long. Between the three guys I mentioned, Acuna, yeah. Mookie, and Tatis, who are you ranking Trout ahead of? I have Trout four there. Who do you, you rank Trout ahead of, of those, of those other guys? I probably would rank Trout ahead of, of Mookie. Really? Yeah, it's close. I, Mookie I, looks look, to I'm me not, like a monster in fantasy. He's got a ton of steals at six, but... You know. I love the guy. You know I love the guy. But year after year, I'm making the case of, oh, he was really unlucky last year. At what point are we going to say that has to be some sort of performance-based okay. thing? That he had two years that weren't super amazing. Look, I have Trout four. We're not far apart here. I just think it's an interesting discussion because you can and by the way Tatis is batting like 220 in the past two or three weeks so he's come down to earth too I can't look I'll tell you I I can't make the case for putting Trout ahead of Tatis today I just can't can you I don't think anybody can I think I have Mookie ahead of Tatis today but okay you don't um the other combo meals in the past week Tyler O'Neill who is showing signs Jose Ramirez is fine and Michael Chavis of the Red Sox who you really don't want um let's um Let's see. Let's bring in Kyle here for trivia, uh, and then we'll answer it after we do a deep, deep dive. Kyle, what? I, so we're it's kind Kyle's of, trivia, trivia. It's time for Kyle's trivia. We made it now that we get a song. That's how you know the trivia has really turned a corner here. Kyle, you heard that that debate for the last five minutes. We're kind of saying the same I thing. Yeah. Where, where do you stand on this? I get what Tristan's saying, and I I lean that way. 
I lean that way thinking that Trout, worst case scenario, is a top 20 player, even though without the speed and the durability. To some degree, but is there durability risk for everybody? I mean, okay, maybe he doesn't. What are you projecting him for? Five to ten fewer games than everybody else? Like he's he's um, he, he, skills, he didn't play over. He has not played over 140 games in, in now four stuck. Take this year out in the three seasons prior. Just, to that. Like, out. Um, I, I I'm just I'm just pointing out like the durability questions with Trout don't don't go away just like they don't for Tatis. But over the past no, three. I agree. Full seasons, 114 games, 140, 134. Granted, highest floor of the four players, but lowest ceiling. Lowest ceiling for fantasy among those four players because of the steal. I'm not going to disagree with any of that, but I will take the highest floor on the board in the first round in a sport like baseball. It's just all over the place. You're taking risk anywhere you go. Let's say Trout gives you, what are you saying, 135 games? Is that what you're giving me? Yeah, and there's no guarantee that the other guys do that either. But if if all four of these players play in 135 games and one of them steals seven bases and the other three steal 20, that's a big difference. Agreed. Sure, it's like running quarterbacks in football, but it's give me the floor. Like, I, I it's just that simple. That's like, what I'm I know doing what I'm in the first round of any draft is looking at floor. I'm looking you at ceiling. Be. No, you I shouldn't. Should be. Yes, I'll you should. Floor now, ceiling later. I we are definitely in disagreement on that. I can't believe you say that. That's ridiculous. That's a ridiculous comment. You're thinking no, of I, floor in the first round. So you, so you were thinking of yes. floor when. So, so you did not draft Ronald Acuna in drafts this year. No, I did not. I was a Mike Trout guy, and I got lots of shares of Mike Trout, and I'm very happy with them. <laughs> you do not want to blow your first round pick. That's that's the bottom oh, line. Come on, Acuna is not blowing the about- pick. Are you telling me that Acuna was a blown oh, first round pick? Games. So, so, so this is a revisionist history. You're telling me now that Acuna, who ranked fourth overall or third overall, was a blown pick? You can't do that. No, I look. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna tear the guy down for having missed time due to an injury. But he did miss time due to an injury, and at the end of the year, he did not return what you invested. No, but you have him ranked number two overall now. Stop telling me he's. He, that you thought he was going to be a bust. You didn't. I might have Tatis ahead of him. I, I'm, I'm very torn with that. Trout, Tatis, and, and Acuna, are, they're going to be tough for me to decide between. All right, what's the trivia, Kyle? By the way, you're, you're right in your, your format that I agree with you about the ceiling, but you are dead wrong in the sabermetric leagues. Trout is unquestionably better than these guys in all the sabermetrics. Uh, everything I talk about is roto, not points. If you ask me about, if you want to go there, fine. I agree with you. But we're not talking about points leagues. My rank is Roto. I'm just going to say, you play in a league that does this. You play in a very big experts league that uses on-base percentage. And I will tell you in that one, he grades easily $10 ahead of the rest of the pack. I won't argue that point. Yes. All right. Trivia. I think that was a good conversation. Like I didn't see Mike Trout coming up in this conversation today, but here I, we are. And I, I, he, I think it was solid. He's ripping the guy he has ranked number two overall, but that's okay. We'll, we'll, because we'll have we got a pick when we're talking one, two, three. Sorry, you got to split hair somewhere. I like it. We'll revisit this. I mean, it's nobody's drafting now for 2021. What's your trivia? All right. We got some trivia, and I'm trying to make Eric happy, so we're going to go with the Phillies. Aaron Nola. I kind of wrote him off for dead. I don't, you guys were higher on him than I was, but he's working on a second season with a sub-2-5 ERA. 
minimum nine starts. Obviously, he's got nine now. I want you to name the three pitchers with a minimum of nine starts in a season that have at least three such seasons over the past decade. Three seasons, past decade, sub 2-5 ERA. Has to have started at least nine games. Games? Well, a couple, of these, a couple of these are obvious. I mean, Kershaw is obvious, isn't he? Kershaw, obvious, correct, yes. Yeah. And isn't DeGrom? DeGrom is also kind of obvious. DeGrom is obvious, correct. But there are three names, and there are not three obvious names. I will tell you that. <laughs> I'm sure they're not because they probably had nine starts. <laughs> All right, so we'll answer well, this. Nine, the nine starts was for Aaron Nola, so I, I had to get him to his two. So the nine, I didn't go cherry picking, but it did turn out that way. And by the way, you're sure that this answer is correct, yes? Yeah, I know. I messed up the other one. <laughs> For the record, the answers I gave weren't wrong. They just weren't all-inclusive. Yeah. I, I credit. My first guess I thought was Dave Parker, but that's that's fine. I mean, you know. I'll... Well, your first guess here was Kershaw, and that was right. So we'll give you that. Your first <laughs> guess in both of the last two trivia. You're smart. I'm dumb. You're no, no, no. Don't do this. Now we're getting too far. Come on. <laughs> This has nothing to do with being smart or dumb or love hating Ronald Acuna, who I don't even <laughs> love. <laughs> it's not that. All right, we'll answer the trivia question after we do this. So we're now we're going to take a look at corner infielders for 2021 rankings, Tristan. And I think one of the, the first guys we have to talk about is the potential AL MVP in Jose Abreu, who this season was an eighth-round pick, but next season has to be third or fourth round, doesn't he? Or are you going to say no to that too? Mm, I'll throw four and feel pretty good about it. I don't. That's another guy who's very, very high floor ceiling. How high is it? Probably not excessive, but that's a good offense. I mean, to me, Abreu goes ahead of uh, Rizzo now. Does he go ahead of Goldschmidt now? I mean, Goldschmidt's having a good season. He definitely goes ahead of Josh Bell. Um, I yeah. think he, go- yeah. he goes ahead of Matt Olson now. What about Pete Alonso? Fourth round pick this year, but I'm not sure he goes in the top in the first five rounds next year. I'm definitely doing a deep dive on Matt Olson before I'll sign off on that one. But I see your point, and I do about Alonzo too. I mean, frankly, when it comes to first baseman, I mean, other than Bellinger and Freeman, Abreu could be third. Could yeah, and remember we've talked about the lack of depth at first base. So it's it's this is going to matter. Who you pick is definitely going to matter next year. All right. So we both agree Abreu was under. I I, I have Abreu everywhere. I've been I ranked him better than the consensus. Um, the number so the top three first basemen, the top four first basemen right now are Abreu, Freddie Freeman, Luke Voigt, and Dominic Smith. Where do Voigt and Dominic Smith go in drafts next year? Because they both look pretty legit to me. Yeah, Voigt is pushing himself into probably top eighty overall consideration. Yeah, I, I think he's he's making that case. I don't feel comfortable with that. I and and a lot of it just has to do with the fact that it's in an abbreviated season. I'd like to see him do it over one sixty two because he hasn't before. But he has shown excellence over two to three month spans. And if you put those together, yeah, you can make the case. Um, and Dominic Smith, I think I regard pretty similarly to, to Voight. To me, Dominic's. I'm not going to say Dominic Smith over Pete Alonzo, but when you take batting average into consideration, you really can make that case, can't you? You can. What's the BABIP on Dominic Smith right now, though? I uh, feel like it's a little high. It might be. I mean, I'm not saying Dominic Smith's a guy we can expect to hit 300, 
But to me, Dominic Smith profiles as a 280 hitter, and Pete Alonso profiles yeah. as like a 250 hitter. And the, in terms of natural power, I would take Alonso. But if Alonso's going for 40 home runs and hitting 250, and Dom is getting 32 home runs and 280, Dom's more valuable. Babip is is way elevated, 394. Yeah. That's I, no, I like your I like your two eighty. So what was the, what would be the hundred and sixty two game home run number? Twenty five. I said thirty. I don't. I think thirty two is generous. I'd say twenty twenty five to twenty eight for Dom. Sure. I could so, get behind the twenty five without too but, much. But I mean, Luke yeah. Voigt. He's probably going to be where Voigt was. Luke Voigt's not a lock to hit thirty home runs himself. No, and that's the problem. Voigt. If if Voigt extrapolated this season over 162, then he's easily making the case for a top 80 overall pick. It's, maybe it's it's too that's too late. Um, I think Dom Smith goes where Voigt did this season. And he should. I, I think so. Um, what are we going to do about Vlad Guerrero Jr. now? Because he's just not looking like a superstar again, and it's only six weeks of this season, but still, is Vlad a top 100 pick next year? With what we've seen this season, no, I can't make the case. Because you know what you have to do to do it? You have to have <laughs> you have to have Byron Buxton reach for the stars without any sort of data backing it, love. That that that's that's kind of what you're looking at, isn't it? But I mean, this is also a player with a ten percent walk rate and eighteen percent K rate. So he's there's something there. Like this is still going to be a superstar player, but I mean, man, I really want to get him in my top 100 next year. Like, we talked about Donaldson and Matt Chapman earlier. I'd take Vlad over both of them in 2021. Vlad is the guy that I want to give you a 135 overall ranking, and then I will take all your shares. And I shouldn't do that as an analyst, and he'll probably end up at 99 to 101, <laughs> and I'll feel uncomfortable drafting him there. Isn't he like that? I guess. I I. I, 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 but the, the name value alone will get him into the top hundred. Um, but, but do you at that point do you want him? That's the problem. Like you're going to rank him somewhere where you're act- actively going to want him. It's got to be round ten. I think any earlier than that is tough. Yeah. Um, looking at some other third baseman, uh, I don't like that. Um, okay. Miguel Sano? No, that's a low batting average. I mean, you can't take Miguel Sano in the first ten rounds. I mean, no. I mean, like the 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 old the Oakland Chris Davis stuff doesn't work anymore because there's power everywhere that comes with batting average. So even if Chris Davis was still hitting for power, he wouldn't go in round seven anymore because it's a two forty seven batting average. That's Miguel Sano now. So like it worked three, four, five years ago. It doesn't work anymore. So. The Sano best case is the is chasing Matt Olson this year, right? So Sano to me is not in the first ten rounds. Um, Kyle Seager, he's the number five third baseman on the season player rater, but I feel dirty ranking no two fifty average. I can't, man, that that can't be right. Kyle Seager is the number five third baseman for the season with pedestrian numbers, two fifty three batting average, but a lot of RBI, and that gets you number five. Third base is really down this year, man. Oh, he has four steals. Both corners. This is the point. Both corners are down. If you look at shortstop, shortstop is blowing away first and third base. Which will be on our next show. We'll get middle infield then. Um, yeah, I mean, Eugenio Suarez is behind Michael Franco on the full-season player rater because he's batting two eleven, But 
I think Suarez might fall out of the first five rounds next year because of this batting average problem he has now. He shouldn't fall too far. I feel like Suarez like round six or seven next year. Is that fair? I think that's about right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm looking at these lists, by the way, first and third base on our player radar and thinking yeah. this is the position where it's going to be a lot of fun to take some chances and to sit back and wait for the values. I guess, because I don't see a whole lot of guys I'm I'm targeting. I mean, obviously, you've got the guys you're going to target early on, Machado. And Jose Ramirez is still a, a four-category guy. Um, I mean, 263 is fine, but is there anybody else that's got double digits and home runs and steals? Um, can't imagine there's too many, if any. Um, let me check that out. Make sure I got it right. Yeah, right a lot of the guys I'm looking at at first base who I think of as picks I want have really, really bad batting averages, which story. I think is going to deflate. Yeah. Story? Yeah, story does. Yeah. So, Trevor Story and Jose Ramirez are the only players in baseball in double digits and homers and steals. Tatis should get there. He needs one more steal. Trey Turner might get there. How about that? That one of them was a cheap uh, inside the parker because the Phillies outfitter hadn't a clue. Bryce Harper might get there, although he stopped hitting home runs. <laughs> He's mm-hmm. probably injured and doesn't want to tell anybody. How about Shoei Itani? Five homers, seven steals. If they tell me he's a full-time, uh, he's a DH only, but if they say full-time hitter next year, that's a tw- that's a 25 homer, 20 steal profile, man. Anyway. You think that he is, is that? Um, I think the power, yes. The steal's probably not, but I think. No, I mean, an everyday hitter. I'm talking the role. I mean, all it takes is a little setback with his arm in, in uh, February, and yeah. And I don't want to wish for that because I think he's, they really need him more for 30 starts as a pitcher than they do for 500 PAs as a hitter. Mm -hmm. Because they got Jared Walsh next year to hit 30 home runs. (laughs) Yeah. Another guy who can pitch and hit. (laughs) I also have on that sim team along with Jay Cronenworth, but I won't, I won't enjoy them next year because of our league rules. Um, Okay. Or any future year. Nope. I will not. Um, No hash browns because nobody bothered to send in any. So let's bring Kyle back now. And uh, answer the trivia question, and I guess that's it for the show. And if you if you if you want questions answered, I think you know by this point. I mean, the season's over in two weeks. You know where to send them, uh, and we'll get to them on the next show, which we're going to record on Wednesday night for Thursday. We're going to go Monday night, Wednesday night for these final two weeks, and then hopefully we'll have a wrap up show. But football is important too, so we may not. Um, Kyle, what uh, what have you got for the? Oh, so the trivia. Let's answer the trivia. What was the question again? Just to be clear with the questions, they can be about the end of this season, but if you're already eliminated this year, ask us 2021 questions. Ask us dynasty questions. We'll take anything. Ask us about the pig and whatever you want. Sure. Yeah, we if yeah, if we were just taping the pre-show meeting, that would have been a, a podcast in and of itself. Tristan knows his Bob the Builder. I sure do, yeah. He <laughs> knows everything. He knew them all. <laughs> The trivia question was, there are three pitchers that have at least three seasons over the past decade in which they've made at least nine starts with a sub two and a half ERA. It was three pitchers total. We named two of them. You named two of them. I you got the easy two. Since you were- two layups, Clayton Kershaw, Jacob deGrom are the first two. Who is number three? I have a guess, but I want Tristan because he was wrong about Acuna to guess first. So we'll go in a draft style format here. So Tristan, you get oh, the first- gosh. First guess on the answer here, and then I will give my guess. Oh, see, you said it's not an e- an obvious one, so I'm going to put my obvious guess aside. How about Rich Hill? No. But no, wrong, but I like it. He fell short of the nine in that year, I'm going to bet. Probably. 
Um, I'm going to say Zach Eflin. <laughs> no. Zach Eflin. Wow. <laughs> not the tier of pitcher. This All guy's right. had a little higher ceiling than I'll Zach say, Eflin. Um, I'll say King Felix. Nope. But if it's a draft, so Eric got two in a row. Now Tristan gets two in a row. I do, huh? Okay. This guy has pitched for Eric's favorite team in his career, although nobody's going to remember him as a Philly. What? Nobody's going to remember him as a Philly. It's not so. It's not Jamie Moyer. Okay, Let's not see. Jamie Moyer. <laughs> so this um, is, made three starts this is a two fifty, a sub two fifty ERA, and at least three times start. in a decade. Three times. Are three you times. Sure? Oh, I Felix I, didn't I do it with the Rattel thing. Yeah. No. Three times in the past decade, Felix may have done it. Felix did in the previous decade. Oh. Um, but that was a good guess. Um, I'm looking up King Felix. Oh, 2009. You're right. Yeah. Mm. See? Just missed the decade. Spoiler alert, my guy did it in 2010. He's on the the other side of this decade, just barely. <sighs> Your guy did it in 2010. 2010. For Eric's team at some point. A Philly? Uh, at some I mean, point. He he made two starts. Oh, oh he made two starts. What, Freddie Garcia? Nope. <laughs> yeah, because for a minute there, I'm thinking you're going to Jake Arrieta, but uh, no, he's made he's made a few more played. than two, not a lot more. Right. Also, he didn't do it three times. Oh my! 2013, 2018. His career ERA is a tick under four. Is he active? Uh, he hasn't pitched this year. I guess that doesn't mean he's not active. I don't believe he's active currently. He is. It's Bartolo Colon. He turned 36 years old a month ago. Can't be Bartolo wow. Colon. He, he didn't no. pitch for the Phillies. No. Bartolo is like 60. Bartolo can't have a 250 ERA. I mean, he, he's been good, but not that good. <laughs> Goodness. Uh. Oh. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Did Eric get there? Did you look it up? No. I'm trying I I'm trying to think of Phillies. <laughs> Your reaction right there would be the right reaction given this guy's name. Because he I'm trying to think of Phillies who only briefly pitched with the team. Okay, like Danny Tartable, it's Clay Buckholtz. It is Clay Buckholtz. Because I remember that he won either won an ERA title or came close, came to the Phillies, barely pitched, isn't forty years old yet. That's who. Hey, a great rookie year too. That's the twenty ten was the Red Sox year. Yeah, uh, and when you said minimum games pitched, that triggered something in me because that was a guy who probably never started thirty times in a season. He made at least sixteen starts in all of those, but you're right; he never has made thirty starts in a season. He was in the Blue Jays camp and got hurt, wasn't he? This year, or was that last? Pitched last year for. He was with the Jays last year. He was with the Jays last year, but remember that year for Arizona two years ago or three years ago? It was like half a season because I had him in a sim team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, that's a great question. Good question there. Good question. Thank you. Yeah, well done. Props. All right. Well, we're done. Um, so on um, the next show, we're going to record on Wednesday night for Thursday distribution. We'll talk about middle infielders. We'll try to give you some more help for the final 10 days of the season. Uh, Kyle will have more trivia, and hopefully it all goes well. That's all I have for today. <laughs> you know what, what else can I say? It's a crazy season. I'll say this. I have a league where I can win, an industry league, and I'm not going to put an asterisk on it, but 
it does seem weird, man. It just, you know, like, but it doesn't, if I win that league, Tristan, or any other industry league, it doesn't absolve me of having to win over a six month season either. You still got to win it over six months. I think it's, you know, you just summed 2020 quite well. And that that's that might have been the most positive you've ever been about your labor standing ever. So you totally are going to win this year. That's so 2020. I, actually, I Karma. I told Gardner that before the season. I said, now this is the year I'll win labor when nobody cares and counts it. Nobody's going to give gonna me any credit. It. I don't know. I don't do it for it. the credit, but like I have a four point lead and then by tomorrow I could be minus four. But like you still got to win it in a six month season. It It's it's you know, this is the best we can do. And by the way, my tat league, uh, Derek Van Riper of the Athletic is going to win that. He's up like like twenty points. I'm in second, but he's going to win. Um, he's having a monster season, so good for him. And you're labor and tat. You're out of both. Out of contention. Tat, I'm out of tat. I'm out of contention. Labor, I've got a shot at it. I think I was fourth today. Right. I've so been you're going to win. Tat, Kyle, he's going to win that league, and I'm going to finish fourth in the league. I'm up by four points with thirteen games. Noted. Noted. All right. I, That's I, all. You know, but, but you said you said with the running out of funds, I'm out of funds in Labor AL, and that's going to hurt me. Well, there's only I'm one more period to add to to, to to you know to use it with. I literally, but I literally have no funds. I can't buy a replacement for the injuries, and that's something I usually don't do. I'm I'm out of funds too. All right. Uh, well, we're out of time and funds. That's it for today. Thank you so much for listening to our little show. For Tristan, for Kyle, for Ronald Acuna, and Trout, and all the other fun players who are going for the number one pick next year, and for Clay Buckholz, wherever he may be. I'm Eric Carabell. Have an awesome couple of days.